Hola gente, welcome back. This is the Nopal Queens episode two. We are in our third season this year. So um, we recently took a break and hey, and we are we are coming back. So we're really excited for today's episode. And so I'm here with my wonderful co-host, La Estrella. Hey, La Estrella. Hola, hola gente. This is La Estrella. It's so nice to be back. Um, we, like Sirena said, we took a little bit of, of a break um, at the end of last year. And um, for those of you that um, haven't been, you know, following up, uh, I lost my brother at the end of the year and we just decided to take a little bit of a mental health break. And I feel like it's been a really great opportunity to just like reflect, you know, get back mm -hmm. into neutral and, you know, reset our chakras. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and I appreciate that we got to take a break to, you know, just let you be with family and do some healing and just honor your brother. So I'm glad that yeah. you had some time last day. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And thank you to all of our listeners and our supporters, you know, for your kind words and reaching out. I truly appreciate That's it. That's awesome. Well, now we are back and we're ready to get into it today. So this is La Sirena and I'm with my co-host La Estrella. And the work that we're talking about today, of course, Nopal Queens, we focus on mental health growth. We are here to touch on the topics that maybe our families don't have the words for yet, but we are all experiencing, right? This podcast is focused on mental health and, and how we can grow as a gente. But today we're talking about mother work, or you might also know it as like healing mother wounds and just talking about the dynamics of mother-daughter relationships and all that that can entail um, coming from Latino families. Um, and so before we get into our topic, La Estrella and I like to check in with each other about our own moments of our healing journey. And so that's what we're going to do today is first check in about where we are because each of us are also on our journeys of healing um, from different generational cycles or patterns that we want to break. So with that, La Estrella, I wanted to ask you from this week, what are any opportunities that you had that you saw moments of growth or maybe things that shed light on some areas that you want to grow in, in terms of, you know, breaking generational cycles and healing? Yes. Um, thank you, Sirena. Um, so for me, I would say lately, like a lot of it is definitely around breaking generational cycles with my own kids. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, that basically comes up every single day, every minute, every second <laughs> of the hour, it feels like, and nobody triggers me more than my own kids. So, you know, healing through my own wounds and then just being aware of trying to break some of those cycles and perpetuating that. Um, this uh, past week, actually just a couple days ago, I have two boys, um, they're three and five, and they just are constant, they're like, they have a love-hate relationship. Mm -hmm. They're either playing really well together and getting along, or they're, you know, fighting tooth and nail and trying to punch or slap or kick each other, or bite each other. I, we're constantly refereeing as parents. Um, and a lot of it is um, you know, like sharing, like they don't want to share. And of course, you know, kids don't like to share. There's, I don't like to share. I'm an adult. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like to share my food. I don't like to share my snacks, certain things. My you fries know, but... are mine. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know my husband, um, I get so annoyed with him because we'll go get some fast food and he'll be like, Oh, you know, I don't want anything or just get me one, you know, yeah. McChicken. And then I'm like, okay, don't be grabbing my fries. And first thing, Oh, let me have a fry. Exactly. You know, like, <laughs> Do we? I could have bought you your own. We could fries. have bought you your fries. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
But so along those lines, you know, like it gets really hard with the boys, Mm -hmm. you know, their birthdays just passed and we had, you know, birthday, a joint birthday party for them because their birthdays are two weeks apart. And so having two birthday parties is Mm -mm. really tough and overwhelming and we've done it, you know, so we're just going to do this until they're old enough to be like, I don't want to share a birthday anymore. So they had a lot of, they got a lot of gifts, a lot of toys and you know, they're playing with their toys and my oldest is like trying to take the toys from my youngest that were, you know, his gifts that he, that he received for his birthday. And, um, you know, at first I got really mad at my son because he was trying to hit my youngest son. I got really mad at my oldest son because he was hitting the little one and trying to punch him and slap him and just like take the toy because he wanted it. Right. And I think that situation is is really triggering for me because I I feel like um, like when I was younger, my brother, like I felt like he picked on me a lot and, you know, would take my things and just try to like piss me off just to like fuck with me. And I really hated that, you know, so I get really protective of my youngest. And so the my knee jerk reaction was stop doing that to your little brother. And like, I smacked him on the side of his arm and then I felt awful. And I was like, hi, puppy, I'm really sorry. You know, I just get really frustrated because I don't want you taking your brother's things. And when he, that happened again, you know, I, I took it as a learning opportunity or growth opportunity. And so I just told him like, Hey, look, you don't have to share. He doesn't have to share you guys, you know, give each other turns. And if you don't want to share, that's fine. But don't expect, you know, your little brother to want to share his toys if you don't want to share your toys with him. I know you don't like it. It's It feels unfair and you can be upset or frustrated by it. That's okay. But, you know, you got to ask him because those are his things and your things are yours and just give each other that respect and, res- you know, try to respect each other's boundaries. And we talk about boundaries at the house a lot, you know, so... You know, he was kind of just like, okay, mommy, you know, but, you know, kids, little kids, they, they, they just want to do what they want to do. Yeah. Right. So all, all, all that I can do, I think in the moment is just try my best to be aware of where I get triggered, where I'm not like taking it out on them or getting, mm-hmm. you know, letting my frustration out on them, catching myself, pausing and being like, okay, they're just kids. They're still learning, yeah. you know, like trying to give them a framework and a language for them to be able to, you know, manage these situations, even as they get older, you know, like they can apply in in many different ways. So, you know, like I slipped a little bit back into old patterns, you know, but I caught myself, Mm. I caught, you know, myself that I was being triggered and I just tried to, you know, uh, make sure to talk to them about it and also apologize to my oldest son. You know, I, I don't, I really don't like, you know, spanking them or, you know, uh, hitting them, reprimanding, Mm -hmm. reprimanding them. Um, I want it to be like discipline, but not punishment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I I do try to be very aware to like apologize to them when I fuck up, because if they say, if they see me taking accountability, then they'll take accountability, you know, in their own life. And I constantly tell my sons, like, if you're going to make a mess, you got to learn how to pick it up. And that's true. You know, just right now as a you living in my house as my son picking up your toys or in life when you make messes mm-hmm. got to take accountability and learn how to clean up that mess or reach out find you know ha- find your resources and you know be able to move forward and learn something from it yeah. so that's my long-winded answer <laughs> no that's a really good ass work because to be honest we're all human so we're never going to be perfect so you really just took it in stride and count caught your own yeah. like stuff but also make sure to stay on track which is to teach them and to keep them accountable like you just you just balanced a lot at the same time <laughs> with that that it's situation a that's a lot yeah and I was on the phone with my sister my oldest sister yeah. whose daughters are you know grown and out of the house already so she was like whoa sis like you sounded like a coach right now like so great and I'm like you know I don't always have these very calm rational moments with the kids but I I try to my best you know and I also just try to give myself grace and know that like the the negative self-talk is something that I also is is a curse that I'm trying to break Mm -hmm. right and and like my mom would always you know like you know she'd do something wrong and then she would like you know 
talk down to herself and you know essentially that's what she was doing and so of course I internalized that and I do it myself so I also try to like you know in the mirror I give myself my affirmations or I tell myself hey Sodi you're doing your best and yeah. that is that is all that I can do just do my best tomorrow you know I can do I can do better I can make different choices and take it one day at a time exactly. you know especially as a mom because motherhood is hard AF. oh my gosh and just life is too so just being genuine about it you know it's like some people it's so important for them just to have everything look so calm and in order and I'm like that's not how life really is are you kidding me no life is chaotic. life is chaotic let's just roll with it and be real about that but that's the most realest check-in I've ever heard you're dope <laughs> you're such a good mom like because your north star is to educate your boys on how to be better citizens and I can really tell like your north stars I just want you to be a good human you know and so it's not okay to bully and I I heard this once in my training as a therapist which is kids won't know about honesty until they've lied and then they've been taught that lying was bad so you can't expect your kiddo to just come out of the box honest right oh my god that sounds terrible not like out of the box like that but you know what I mean like <laughs> but you know you can't just have your kid like become honest overnight it's, they have to actually lie a few times play with it a bit see that you can catch that like they have to actually play it a bit almost yeah take on that role of I'm going to try to be sneaky right now or lie and then their parents are like whoa you can't do that and then they see that strong response and they're like okay something about lying is not right <laughs> you know and so it's like they have to maybe be a little bit assertive too assertive with their sibling and their parent check that for them to be like oh that's not right so I feel like they're doing their job and you're doing yes. your job. They were doing their job. And I swear, my one of my supervisors said this in my clinical training. I loved it. She goes, you know, kids are all narcissists. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, that's right. They are. They're totally narcissists. She goes, they're just all narcissists for the most, you know, for those early years. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. They can't see beyond them. They haven't lived a life yet, you know. Maybe they had a yeah, past life, so just, but they're not connected to it clearly. <laughs> so, but I feel like so it's just like that constant awareness. Yeah, so like they're doing their job technically, and then you're doing your job, and and like so you did it. They did it. Like, what kid isn't supposed to be like? That's my toy, right? But a parent yeah. is being the parent means not trying to be their friend, right? And not trying to like protect someone. It is just hey, this is what's right. And, you know, so you're just being in there like that. That's, I swear, one day they're going to be like, why do I share so great with others? I don't even know where that comes from. And then they're going to be like, oh, it's because of my mom, right? It's like one day it's going to come out like, oh, they're a team player. And they're like, where did I get that from? <laughs> so, little old exactly. Me. You're when you get employee <laughs> of the month at work and they give you a little bonus that month, <laughs> shoot your mom over some money. Yes. Who taught you how to be that way? Right. That's the future employee of the month right there. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Like just motherhood. Mothers are the real heroes. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I just wish we had actual superhero powers. Oh my god, seriously. <laughs> Can you just fly through traffic? Like I just wish no mother had to go through traffic in the morning. Ugh. That's what yeah. I wish for all mothers this Mother's Day. <laughs> And, and like, you know, snap your fingers and your house is completely spotless Ooh. and clean the way you like it. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. And that your kids put all their toys away right after they're done playing with them mm -hmm. and shared. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, they're not little robots. You know, they yeah. don't yeah. already come uh, pre-downloaded. Um, how do you say <laughs> downloaded yeah. you know or like whatever like they don't have all these instructions on how to be and we have these high expectations for children when they're just tiny little humans who are learning how to be in the world still yeah. so it's on us to really just be aware of ourselves so that we can be a present and aware parent yeah totally. that's all we can do. I love that I get the sense you want to educate them versus just discipline them like you really want them to just learn these things for later or even like my sister, cause she was on, I was on the phone with her and I had her on speaker and she was like, oh my gosh, like she felt, she was so impressed because she said when she was, um, you know, she was a young mom and like when her kids were little, her daughters are little, 
she would just be like, give that to your sister, like forcing the, the sharing mm. and that created resentment for the, you know, for my nieces as sisters and, you know, as they got older. So like even forcing things, you know, it's not, it's not okay because we as adults, we don't like, you know, mm. being forced to do anything either and that we shouldn't be. So yeah. we got to try to teach that at a young age. And we probably hate being forced to do stuff even more if we were forced as an, a young age, at a young age. Mm-hmm. Like, which most of uh, us, especially if you come from a Latino family, like you give that to your sister, you give that to your brother, you don't do this, you don't, yeah. you know, like you respect your elders, you go and saluda tus tios y tus tías and give them a hug or a kiss right. or whatever. Yeah, like just don't force me to do anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that's, I think, a, you know, breaking a generational curse in itself. Right. There are, there's like a whole hidden rule book to being Latino. <laughs> there are rules. Yes. In order to be Latino, you have to do these certain things. Saludados tios is one. Yeah. Right? Like make your bed, have everything clean, <laughs> get along with your siblings. We just have these universal set of rules. Be the perfect child. The what? And be the be perfect, the perfect child. child. No big deal. Just be perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally. And we all feel that. We all feel this. And I think we're going to talk about that today. Is some of that pressure we might have felt, and but the good intention behind it. And so we'll get into that. But yeah. So thank you for for allowing me the space to to share that, Sirena. And yeah. now I'll ask you the question back. What. <laughs> Were any moments, you know, in this last week or mm. last couple of weeks or even last couple of months of your healing journey where you felt like you had moments of growth or opportunities for continued growth? Yeah. Well, you know, if you've been listening to our podcast, you've heard me say this before, but that worthy work, I am still working on that because at my point in my career, you know, most of it, I feel like it is a characteristic of Latinos, but not for everyone, but for most that just the investment we have in high quality of work, the investment we have in our hustle, right? No matter what we're doing, but we just, a lot of us do care and lean in, right? And it's it's from probably from cultural pressures and things like that. And there's a good side to it. But there's also this idea of like putting ourselves first or allowing ourselves to enjoy the moment. And that's something that I don't think naturally was demonstrated to me and so it's always like think of others before yourself right god forbid you think of yourself first and or take up as little space as possible you know be very frugal with your money and i think all that leads to eventually a sense of like oh i don't want to take that opportunity at work oh i'm just grateful for where i am now it kind of leads to a lot of settling Right. A lot of settling. So for me, I've been doing a lot of work on that because career wise, I need to get out of that as I get up the ladder, which I don't mean to do on purpose. But with good work, I think I've been approached for some opportunities and then I grow, you know, it's sort of happening, happening like organically for me. Um, And then I find myself in like new income brackets or new opportunities. Maybe I can eat at different restaurants now or treat myself. Right. And so for me, it's just a matter. My growth journey has been feeling worthy of the promotions, the increase in wages or like eating somewhere nice or buying myself something nice. So I've been doing a lot of worthy work. Um, And so I I feel like there's been, it's been a journey. There's been wins and lots, like, well, I know wins and losses are sort of like good, bad, but there's just been like moments where I've challenged myself. Like you are worthy of taking a little bit of time and relaxing, or you're worthy of taking a vacation and not to go see family, but to go for yourself. Right. And so one of the biggest things that I had gone through was taking a honeymoon over Christmas my we got married in October but for both of us it was better to take a week-long honeymoon vacation in December and we found this amazing cruise that went that left Christmas Eve and came back New Year's Eve so we basically told our families 
we're not going to be around for Christmas. We're going to go on this cruise. <laughs> and so just dealing with the aftermath of that when we came back, like what family members were like, wow, that was so fun. I'm, I'm hope you guys, you know, enjoy yourself versus some family members are like, oh, you left for Christmas. Right. And so just like, how dare you not spend yes. your holidays with with the familia, with your tios and your tias and abuelitos. <laughs> right. For me, it was like a big step to just prioritize my marriage because I feel like this is my first time getting married and this is my family that I'm responsible for, the good, bad, and ugly going forward. And it was it's almost been so weird to be a new married married person because it's like your marriage means you are supposed to lean into your marriage but you still feel family pressures right to like do stuff with them so it was interesting but it was a moment of growth for me this year when I was like oh we're gonna take our honeymoon over Christmas and we're not gonna feel bad about it and if anyone else couldn't get their holiday plans together I cannot mm -hmm. assume responsibility for that and, and feel bad like just like I'm an adult and I need and I have to establish my community other adults in my family have to establish their community. So that's been my journey since, I guess, our last episode. It's just continuing to do that worthy work and what it means to just, you know, enjoy yourself and not always stay in that hustle mindset. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I'm proud of you, Sirena. I'm proud of you for continuing to do that work, even though it it's hard for you. Um, I think the fact that you're aware of that mm -hmm. is already like amazing and you're already making you know huge strides toward changing that narrative for you right especially as you know tell me you're a latina woman without telling me you're a latina woman yeah. you know like that's that's what it is we we put ourselves last and that's you know that's how we were raised that's how we saw our moms and our abuelitas yeah you know, and so and our tias and stuff so yeah i think doing that is huge and I commend you for that, you know, for continuing to do that. And yeah, putting yourself and your husband first, like that is mm -hmm. your immediate family now. Um, you know, so that should be the priority and good for you for, for setting those boundaries, even though it's hard. Yeah, totally hard. It's so, so hard. And I think a lot of folks listening in, like have their own boundary, <laughs> like challenges, but it's hard to set boundaries in Latino families. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Hard. It's hard to do. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Right? But, you know, we we do it. We we do it in a little bit sometimes. And yeah. even though it's hard, you know, we got to choose ourselves first because our mental health is what will allow us to be better partners, yeah. you know, better spouses, better parents, better daughters, better sons, better, you know, aunts, uncles, like all of it. Like we're just yeah. better for it and better for the people that we are connected with in this world. And so maybe we can, you know, uh, uh, by leading by example, right. Yeah. So like our, our family, you know, seeing us do certain things and hopefully they can continue that as mm -hmm. well. That's it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be a journey, I think, but worthy work. It's, to, it's my theme of the year. <laughs> Even last year, it might be my theme for a while. <laughs> but like you said, you know, kind of sitting, you know, sitting with, with something for a little bit and just being in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. I feel like for me, I've taken a, a look at like how I've, I've felt like I've been so ambitious. Like I, you know, I gotta, I gotta get the degrees. I gotta go to school. I gotta go to college because mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't want my parents, you know, all the sacrifices and them coming to this country to be in vain. And it's like, we feel like we owe like a debt, right, yeah. to our parents. Like, we got to do this and like, climb the corporate ladder and all of that, mm -hmm. you know, and now I'm kind of like, fuck that. I don't want to do all that work. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Been on survival mode and trying to do all of these things and you know, like it's okay to rest now. Yeah. Like right yeah. now I'm just looking for peace and peace of mind mm -hmm. and just like finding the joy and the little things of life. Like that's all, I, that's all I want. And, but it, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to, to obtain right. because it's shifting, you know, what we're used to doing, like what we're used to doing and what we've 
seen and what generation through generation through generation. So it is really hard to, to shift your mindset, but mm-hmm. you know, it just takes some intentionality and some awareness I, just keep doing it and give yourself rest days. Exactly. Rest days to binge watch on, you know, your shows or whatever, <laughs> like whatever, whatever brings you little joys. Right now, binge watching beef with Ali Wong oh my is God, bringing me joy. So <laughs> yes. I love that show. I'm like, oh my Did God. Did I just say I love Ali Wong? I love her. I love her. Oh, yeah. I love her. She's amazing. Yeah. Everything she talks about. She subtly almost hints at a lot of things us women kind of existentially go through in her mm-hmm. roles. You know? Yeah, it's so relatable. It's so relatable. I'm like, that is me as fuck. <laughs> I said, you know, somewhat, I like, you're all me as fuck. <laughs> just a little bit. We just relate a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, but it's good. I love that. Show. I know, it is good. And she brings just a different definition of like roles women have in TV. Just like her strength yes. and her just like tenacity. And she's funny in beef. So I won't give any spoilers, but man, that's a good show. <laughs> yeah. They're they're definitely targeting the elder millennial. <laughs> they're really targeting us, man. Everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I digress. But that's a topic for another another episode. <laughs> that's right. That's funny. Well, today we want to focus on mother work. And I will, you know, mother work, we can go into it forever. Like we can have two whole sessions on this probably in our whole series. But I think we want to talk about today the, the mostly like the duality that is the characteristic of healing from mother wounds. I think is accepting duality. And so I just maybe want to open up by, I feel like we should each introduce what our own relationship, maybe just generally, but what's your nature of your mother relationship and maybe mother work, because each Latina is going to have a different mother work journey, right? I I do feel like everyone's mother work is very different. Because every mother is very different, right? So maybe we can each start a little bit with like just coming from what what angle or what what um, perspective are you coming from today? Like if you were doing mother work, what does your mother work look like? And then I can share mine and then we can kind of go broad to what our listeners, you know, might be also going through. Yeah, um, I like that. So for me, for those of you um, who have been listening or following for a while may or may not know, but I lost my mom um, to uterine cancer um, almost seven years ago. So, you know, I I became a mom after I lost my mom. And, you know, even when when I catch myself getting triggered, sometimes I'll be like, fuck, like that, that's something my mom did to me, you know, and and it, and it was something that was, you know, that really had a negative impact on me or like it was tough. It was, it was mean, you know, or I felt like she was really mean when I was growing up. Um, and I internalized a lot of that and, you know, so it, it is hard now because she's gone. And so of course I want to remember all of the good times and the, the happy memories, you know, that I had with my mom at an older age, um, you know, as an adult, but there was a lot of things that I was carrying with me that I had to unpack, you know, through therapy. Um, and even just having conversations with my own friends and, and uh, the things that they've, you know, gone through with their moms. And even through this podcast, I feel like has really just kind of helped me, you know, figure out and come to terms with certain things and just be okay with the fact that, you know, my mom did do things, uh, growing up that, really hurt me or they made me feel unworthy, you know, speaking of worthy work, um, belittling me or like just making me make, made me feel like I wasn't good enough. But I, you know, obviously I, I did get to a place where I recognized that my mother, as I started doing, you know, this healing work as an adult, that she was human and that she didn't know what she didn't know. And my mom came, my mom came from extreme poverty. So, I mean, you're just in survival Mm. mode and you'll do whatever 
you can to survive to make sure that, you know, she had, um, there was like 10 or 11 of them, um, of her siblings. That's, you know, in huge, uh, in, in Mexico living in a casita de adobe, you know, and so there's a lot of trauma there. There is a lot of trauma and that she took out on us. And even now, now that I'm a mom, I'm like, a lot of it, I'm like, fuck, I get why my mom was like that. I get why she was always angry. I get why she was always yelling at us, wow. you know, because yeah. it's, it's so overwhelming to be needed so much by little humans when you don't even know what you need. And, and, and me, I, I mean, I've been doing, you know, working on myself. I feel like I've been doing this work, this healing work for a couple of years now, but my mom at, at my age, when she was my age and had us and we were little running around bugging the shit out of her doing shit that pissed her off because she just, mm -hmm. it was a lot, you know, being a mom is just a lot and just being constantly needed and ignoring yourself and your own needs. You're going to take out your stuff on your kids. That's just going to happen on your partner. Her and my dad had a really difficult marriage too. It was very toxic and it had a very deep, deep effect on me and my relationships, um, uh, that I had, you know, as I, as I got older. So <sighs> there was a lot of, um, I don't know how to say it, just like toxic, you know, generational fucked up things that happened, um, in my house growing yeah. up. So I had to you know, really reflect on that and forgive myself for being a little and, you know, I was yeah. just a victim of their, their generational trauma that they were completely unaware of and forgiving them, you know, for doing, I do believe they did the best they could, yeah. um, you know, and, and kind of having those conversations with myself and even like with my therapist, now that my mom's gone, sometimes I do struggle with that. Like I miss her so much. I wish that she was here to mm. help guide me so that I can ask her like, uh, when we were bugging the shit out of you, what would you do? Mm. You know, like, Oh, like probably smack the shit out of us, you know, but <laughs> what was going through her head, right? Like, mom, What was her thoughts? You know, she's so you could just relate or not. Yeah, yeah. Or so I feel like, uh, like, I'm not just completely fucking up. But like, you know, I'm not just gonna completely fuck up my kids. Because I did want to be very intentional uh, when I had kids to break some of these cycles that have been perpetuated in my family for for who knows how many generations, yeah. you know, probably since fucking colonization. Yeah. So and a lot of that stems from colonialism. So, you know, even becoming aware of that is is really big. Mm -hmm. So there is that duality there, you know, but I, she also held a lot of wisdom and, you know, I was lucky enough that we got that time with her before she passed when, you know, we, she got the diagnosis and we knew that she was only going to have, you know, three, four months left. And I feel like me and my siblings really took advantage of that at that time, you know, sickness sometimes can really break families apart or bring them together, you know, and I feel like, for, we, we, for us, me and my siblings, like we, it was a little difficult at first, but we did really come together as a team. Mm -hmm. And I, mom, I remember my mom, I feel like she was really happy. I feel like when she passed, she was happy that her kids were getting along and, you know, working together. And she would be like, somos un equipo, somos un equipo, you know? And so I, I miss her. I miss her wisdom and yeah. everything that I, that I've learned from her because there's also a lot of, uh, generational things that I learned, um, growing up with my mom and in my household that were good, that are, that, you know, remind me of the strength of the women in my family and, you know, um, just having that, I think like realization, yeah. you know, that there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of bad. And just being able to be aware of that. And there are a lot of things that I want to continue um, with my own family. But the things that were, you know, toxic and, and bad for our mental health, those are the things that I really want to be aware of. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I sometimes I talk to my mom, too. And I'm like, what would what would you do, mom? Um, or sometimes I have gotten like even in my own struggles of being alone in my room, you know, angry like why am I so angry you know and fuck if my mom you know wouldn't have done this or that or but it's mm. 
can go in the past, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I have been upset and mad at her since you know since she's been gone, and sometimes I um, I feel guilty about it, but I'm like, you know, it's okay. Like I I just my emotions are valid, and regardless of everything, I still love her. But there was a tough a tough period for us mm -hmm. in our relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and that's so real. Um, it does make me sad that like. Um, we don't get to continue to work on that, you know, because she's no longer physically here, but I, you know, I pray to her and like, hablo con ella, mm -hmm. like in my, at night, in my prayers, you mm -hmm. know, and sometimes she's come to me in, in my dreams. I mean, she doesn't say anything, but like, she's been there. So I know she's with me, yeah. you know, I know she's with me and I just, I try to remember the good and also that she was a human yeah. And that she was a woman in, in a in a world in a country that didn't want her to be anything. And I am very thankful to her for her sacrifices because, because of my mom, I was able to make choices that she didn't have. And now I'm here with my amazing soror hosting this podcast and talking about life and everything, yeah. you know. And so, gracias, Emma. I was going to say, like, you know, I could tell that at least one of her priorities was that she brought good kids in this world. Because from the moment I met you, you were an absolute joy. And, <laughs> you know, you've always just been a force to be reckoned with in the most best ways. Like, you embody what a community-minded female is who's just looking for community and, like, other people to, like, break down barriers with like you have been an absolute joy Estrella. so you you have brought out the best in probably your mom and what she wanted you to be and you embody that and then there is going to be some work you know but frontward facing to the world like you're just always been a star i love like anyone you know you brought you came onto the I show you have always been a star but you've just been an absolute joy to know and there's, I know that's your mom's heart in there. Thank you, Sirena. Mm. I really appreciate it. I will take my flowers yes. because <laughs> I have been, you know, working on myself. And yeah, I do like to think that yeah. I got some of the best qualities, you know, from both of my parents, yeah. you know, they, they both, you know, are flawed humans, mm. but I do try to learn from the things that you know, were positive or helped them, you know, kind of get through their barriers and yeah. made me feel, you know, their courage gave me courage. Yeah. Gave me courage to be, you know, the first in my family to go to college and just to just do all these things that just hadn't been done in, in our family before. before. Yeah. So I am proud of myself. Yeah. You're so open, welcoming. You want, you make everyone feel safe and valued. And I just wonder if some of this work has been like just becoming for others who you needed, right? And the, I don't know, just put some things together for me. Because when I think of you, I think of someone who is so kind and so inclusive. And it's like more the merrier. Just you have like a good. Do you, wait, do you know me? You could, no, yeah, no, right? You have like a community vibe. I could. I could. And you like, <laughs> you know, you champion other women. And so it's just. To hear the the challenges or like the work you're doing around mother wounds, you know, like mm -hmm. you it, like you weren't a hurt person that decided to hurt people. I'm impressed with how you've been able to separate the two. Like I'm doing my own healing, and you won't even know that you're gonna just feel positiveness for me and like posit positivity for me. And you're such a good cheerleader and a hype woman, <laughs> just for other women. I because sometimes I meet women who I could tell they were hurt because they, they hurt as well. Right. Um, I never got that from you. So I'm just impressed how you were able to like live in the both world. That's so cool. Uh -huh, thank mm -hmm. you. I really appreciate that. See, I know that really means a lot. Um, well, I can give my side of the mother work and it, I love that we come from do this is what I was excited to have you as my partner on this podcast as a mom, right? You're, living it like you're a mom and you are working on mother work. And for me, 
I'm going to come from a different little angle where I'm a stepmom, so not a mom. <laughs> I am a mom, but you know, you I like to honor her mom because her mom is wonderful. She's a, she has a whole mom. It was amazing. So I'm like chosen mom, right? Forever, I should. Yeah. But also just my own journey with my mom too, and how how unique. Because I I like to say every one of us, every Latina has a different mom journey. Because every woman's yeah. different. So we can't really say it's like one monolith. But my mom, let's see. I, my mom had me as a teenager, kind of, like on the later years, like 18. And she actually was slated to go into college. She got, in, well, she did go. She went to college um, with honors. And then I think being a pregnant mom, it was a lot. And I'm sure people in those times in the 80s were like, not exactly telling moms they can go to school. They were probably telling moms not to go to school, right? Or they just saw college students as a specific group. So I feel like my mom, poor, like she is so capable, but was really living against these circumstances and what people thought of, you know, young mothers and, and pregnant college students, right? So I feel like if she were to have this happen today, people would find ways to help her through it. And and in those days, I don't think there was a lot of resources to do that. So, to, you know, to her credit, she she really did try her best to do the things she wanted to do. But being a young mom, she ended up having to pivot, right, and just, like, focus on her family. And I feel like the, the biggest work I have around being raised by my particular mom is that her mom – my abuelita is like an organic social worker. Like she wants to care for everyone. She wants to make sure everyone's fed and housed and cared for and loved. Her mom had an open door policy. And when my grandparents were victims in the mass shooting and my, and I lost my grandpa. Right. And we were there with my abuelita when she got home, the, the, neighbors who dropped in and told us stories about how my abuelita fed them when they needed help. Or we have neighbors across the street who lost their parents at a very young age. And she said, my abuelita would bring food over. So it was just like, I always knew she helped others, but it wasn't until our own tragedy where I saw the community come through for her. And man, I had, I heard some amazing stories and I thought, gosh, as a basic needs director at a university, someone who's in charge of making sure people are housed and fed, I guess I could see where I get that from. <laughs> so, yeah, right? I mean, my family comes from a culture of caring. But the other side of that is a feeling of unworthiness. Like, you don't take up space. It is about the community, right? You come last. You don't ever come, actually, like, it's never about you. It's about others. Um, so the empathy is really deep, right? Like you empathize with others and the focus is on others and others and others. And I feel like in my lifetime, I it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. And I wonder if it's because of the way things have shifted for women. Like we can get jobs. We can get education. We have access to a lot more resources. And so we're not forced to be in a caregiving role anymore. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's been my mother work is separating from these ideas that others come before us. And I can't, I mean, like, it sounds so silly, but one of my biggest triggers is when I want to do something nice for my mom or a dinner or something. And she's like, oh no, don't do that. It's like, why? Right. It's like, we're supposed to stay small. And that's very triggering for me because I am being challenged in my career to grow, but I feel like I don't naturally want to grow because I feel like my job is to be small. So when I get recruited for these higher level administrative positions, I, it's not imposter syndrome. It's just worthy work. It's like, I don't, I'm not worthy of that income. I'm not worthy of that title. I'm not worthy of those things. I'm not worthy of that nice dinner. If my husband wants to treat me, I need to immediately reciprocate. Like I can't just receive blessings. I have to reciprocate immediately. And so it's hard to accept things or even just like compliments or awards or, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, 
oh, I don't want to be gross about it. And that... How dare we take up space? Exactly. How dare we take up space? How dare we're, you know, uh, high maintenance or bougie or whatever. And so my work has literally been like, uh, oh, I am a girly girl or I am a high maintenance person or, oh, I am so extra. I've been like leaning into this idea that I'm extra because I am extra. I really am. And you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> like, bitch, we're like, we're like avocado. We're always extra. I am extra. Okay. I'm just always- extra. Like, I want it all. <laughs> but it, yeah. and honestly, I'm not gross about it. Like, the career I chose was social work. So, oh my God, you cannot be gross about that. Right. So, even if it's just like, I deserve this, like, really nice bottle of wine, we're going to enjoy it, you know, at home or, this award I got at work or, you know, things like that. It's just like in the past, I've just been like, oh no, like I'm not deserving. And it it does feel like this underlying unworthiness. I guess this all leads to what is my mother work? It is when I'm with my mom, not getting triggered when she is still in her own patterns of that unworthiness, you know, and, um, just like not wanting to take up space. I just feel like for me, it's like, I want to take up space. And this idea that we don't need men in our lives. And for my mom, because my abuelita really drives home that you shouldn't be alone. My mom really struggles with being by herself. And she has a lot of abandonment trauma because of of real abandonment that she's been through. and so sometimes when she wants to engage with us, it's more performative. It feels performative, more like, oh, you just want to be around us because you're afraid of being alone, right? Versus like, it's okay for us to be alone. So it almost perpetuated that old school thinking of women need to be with a man. And yeah. for me, I actually always loved my alone time. And I love being married. Like, I've definitely found my soulmate, you know. But I also am, like, okay with my own company where that's my mom's, like, biggest fear. And so a lot of her stuff comes from that fear. And I just don't live that same reality. Like, I'm okay by myself. Um, in fact, after 18, I left the house and I've only ever been by myself. And I've only ever been in cities where I don't have family. And so I've had to create chosen family. And so my mom is like, you know, having a really hard time. Like, oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm doing horrible because I'm in the city with no family. I'm like, you're describing my whole entire life. But, but then, but that's the duality of the mother work is, but let me look back and see what this woman's life has been. When she was 18, she had me. My dad went to the military and had boot camp, and she stayed with my grandmother, right? My Wurita raised her daughter and her granddaughter at the same time. And then my dad got stationed in California, and so they left together. And my mom has only ever been around two small children, right? And then we grew up, and she had a really hard time when we left for college. But, like, she's only ever been around family stuff. She's never really been alone. And so everything I went through at 18 she's going through now in her fifties. And so we're having like the opposite like experience and we've really clashed. Like, and even though like, I love this woman, but it's hard to hear her get so hard on herself. And it's hard to hear her struggle with her own company because I think as women, we should love our own company and be able to be on our own. And so just to hear her in agony over not being able to be with a man it's like contrasting my own experience as a woman who's like, I mean, it doesn't matter if I'm with a man or not. <laughs> like I'm still having fun. And then if I meet a man, it's cool. But it's just like that, that opposite relationship we have to these topics in life. It's so interesting. But I do feel like it's a duality thing because I see her as a human and I could totally see where she's coming from. And I just wish that we could find like a common ground, I think, as women to honor that my life isn't sad because I was alone for so many years, <laughs> you know, because I was getting my master's. I was working on some things, you know, but like that. Yeah, in fact, it was, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that it's okay to be on your own and like, you know, enjoy your own company. And I think we both clash on that. So it's like that worthy work and then those 
antiquated ideas of that women should always be with a man or else what are you? And we both are so opposite on that. So like, but my mom's amazing. You know, she's amazing. So I feel like this is part of the reason we did this episode today was just to kind of normalize like what different women are going through with their mother work and that mother work is complicated, I guess. And it really is about accepting the duality of your mom being this amazing powerhouse in her own way. But also, you don't have to define your life by how your mom raised you. You could raise your, you could create your own definition going forward. But how do you do that without your mom feeling like, right, like sensitive to that? So, yeah, yeah. that's, that's the hard part, right? So that's like something that I won't know, right? Because my mom's not here anymore. And I'm definitely a different person now and like just becoming more aware of all of, you know, my childhood trauma and Mm -hmm. things like that than who I was when, when my mom passed, even just, you know, seven years ago, you know? So I think it's awesome and amazing that you get to do that and, you know, see her grow and her evolution and your own growth, even if it's, you're on, you're on different pages of of the book, right? Because you've, you have had different experiences and we have lived completely different lives than, than our moms, you know, um, my mom, you know, too, she, she, she actually, well, when they moved to this country, she had to start working Mm -hmm. because, you know, you have to be able to, to, to support the family. And that was hard in itself. And my mom, I feel like actually did learn to be on her own because her and my dad separated when I was, uh, I was barely in college and then she would do everything, you know, like she would, she'd drive herself to work. She was a cleaning lady. Um, and she spent a lot of time alone. And I think that what was important because it's not something that she had, like when we were growing up, Mm -hmm. right. We don't, we don't get alone time. We don't have, so I feel like that's very valid. It's very valid to feel like, like you don't want to be with yourself and your own thoughts. Right. right? Exactly. It's like, you have to face your demons. You have to face yourself. You have to face your truth, Mm -hmm. whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And I think that's scary for anybody. Yeah. It's no one wants to look at themselves in the mirror and really see the image of, you know, the reflection of how we grew up or our parents or things we did that, um, that we don't want to do or things that we didn't do that we wanted to do, you know, uh, your mom, I'm sure had her own goals and her own dreams and the things that she wanted to accomplish, um, that she wasn't able to, you know? And so I think as women, we do our best to just be there for each other, Mm. you know, especially with your mom, you know, I think, I I know you're there for her. I know that you guys have a great relationship. You know, you always talk about the relationship that you guys have, but like with you and your mom's relationship, like what is, what's her view um, of you and like how you've been such an independent, badass woman, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm sure she sees you. Right. And I know that she's very proud of you. Yeah. She is proud. And I think she has probably some challenges like talking with me because if she tries to share with me, like, I, and I know this happens, like, I was alone this week and and this happened with me and my brother. She said one time, it's been a horrible week. I've been sick. So I haven't been able to talk to anyone. And my brother responded back. That sounds like the best week ever. (laughs) And I said, that sounds like the best week ever too. But for my mom, you being alone is really hard for her. But for us being alone, we don't have a, you know, I like my own company. Um, but I've also done a lot of work. I've done a lot of self-work, self-compassion, forgiveness. Like as a licensed mm-hmm. therapist, you do have to go through your own work to ethically be a good therapist to other people. Like because you don't want to get triggered in a session or have too much countertransference or things like that. So I think a little bit of it is that I've had to double down on the work I've had to do because my profession requires it of me. That's what requires my, you know, my clients deserve the best part of me and I need to do my own work. So I might be coming from that angle probably, but I know she has a hard time talking to me because the things she wants me to feel bad for her about, I feel like are actually 
not too bad. <laughs> you know, so like I said, when she's really alone, she's like, oh, it was horrible. I was alone. And me and my brother are like, that sounds really great <laughs> to be alone. <laughs> Have a little bit of alone time. Because when I'm alone, I'm like, I'm going to make my favorite meal. I'm going to binge watch my favorite show. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to do whatever I want. Like, I love it. <laughs> like a kid that I feel like a kid sometimes when you know you go to the gas station and it's like an adult gave you a hundred dollars to yes. go crazy yes yeah, like that like kid you know right. but I think it's also like important to recognize that as women like you know like when they say it takes a village yeah. right like women did create those communities for themselves yeah. through the ages you know and I think it is really important to have that sense of community. Um, like my mom too, we, we here, you know, in Sacramento, we don't have any extended family. So my mom, her favorite time, you know, was the weekends when she could call her family members and check in and see who she could talk to. And that's how she spent her weekends pretty much just, or her evenings during the week, you know, she'd, she'd call her family members and she always remembered everyone's birthday. So on someone's birthday, she would always all them and that filled her up yeah. you know like that where she found her joy you know and so when we would go to Mexico or when we'd go um back to where I grew up for most of like my adolescence King City um where we have a lot of family um it it was just it filled her up with so much joy you know so that is what we're used to and what we need and yeah. so when we think about like our reality we like me, I've have I've created my own little community, you know, and that includes you and like the sorority sisters mm-hmm. who continue to be some of my best friends, um, you know, my older sister and just women that I I really admire and look up to and want to surround myself with. Um, and we have even though we don't see each other all the time or whatever, but we message or yeah. I'm sending memes all day, and that is my love language. And if you get a meme from yes. me, you know I love yeah. you, you know. So it's. <laughs> Even if we don't talk all the time, you know, so I, I do, I, it's, it's important to recognize that duality too, right? That, that it's hard to be alone and that it's okay, but that it's also hard not having so much communication when you're just used to with family or friends, when you're used to having that, you know, like I think about when my parents came to this country, you know, and, and we, our family helped us, my, my dad's family, um, they helped us kind of get, get on our feet mm-hmm. and whatnot. But my mom left most of her family, you know, most of my mom's side of the family is still in Mexico. And so they weren't as accessible mm-hmm. to us um, at that time because we were trying to get, you know, our, our papeles and, you know, get legal here. And so I'm sure that had an impact, yeah. you know, like the immigrant experience and, you know, for your mom, she left family behind um, in another state. So I'm sure that that was really hard too. And, and I think that the fact that you guys, you know, still have those conversations, even if it's hard, you know, it's, it's those difficult conversations that that's where growth comes from. Right. Right. That's, and you're by example, you know, for, for her. Right. And that's, that's it. And either that or also learning where to honor her experiences and then create my own and like be okay with that. Right. Or like this is, I just see it differently. And, but that's, you know, I always have to keep it in perspective. Like, um, this is an okay issue to go through with my mom. Um, maybe it could be a lot worse too, you know? So I know like mother's day is coming up. And I feel like it's going to be really complicated for folks whose mothers were abusive or abandoned them, you know, or are very toxic. And I think overly critical mothers, that can happen a lot too in Latinx community. I do, I do see that. And so, um, and I think my mom was a little bit critical, but Abuelita is critical for sure. My Abuelita, man, she will. Like I think all oh, you know, she could like the abuelita from Coco, and I'm like, uh, yeah, that was my mama. Right. <laughs> so I feel like just letting that go because eventually you start doing it to yourself. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't even care how my abuelita or my mom see it. They might have their own opinions, and that's just them. 
Um, but too late in life, I realized like, but you can, you can also disagree with that, you know, and you don't have to live to their expectations and you will disappoint them. And that's probably okay. You know? And so I, I know that's some work I'm doing too. It's just like being okay with disappointing people. Um, and just living my own life. But remember too, like women, now that we can get education and our own income, that does change the game. Like we are looking at relationships and settling differently and kids and things like that. So I, I do feel like that's helping us to change the way we're going to go in the future. Um, and then also moving away from even like heterosexual, like the two, like a man and a woman relationships, like yeah. there's different like kinds of love, right? Heteronormative relationships. Yeah. So I just feel like there's so much more growth we have to do as a community, but a lot of us are just going through mother work and each Latina is going to have their own mother work. You know, we shared both of ours today um, and we just wanted to normalize, I think, for listeners that you are going through your mother work. But to, to I hope we can all embrace the framework of duality that at the very same time, there might have been pain inflicted by some of these rooted issues that your mom might have been up against that mm-hmm. that they were doing their best. I truly believe every Latina woman wants to be the best mother or the best caregiver, or the best companion or friend. And I feel like they did the best they could with the circumstances that were around them. And I see it more like circumstance versus character. Our character, I feel like that we are all so strong and amazing, but I do feel like circumstances made each of us kind of adapt differently. And then those of us who are now being able to break cycles were challenging in a bit, and it's uncomfortable. But I think it's 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 getting us to a better place. Absolutely. It's a great thing. I think, even though, you know, like we said, there are hard conversations to have. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of growth that can come from them. Um, I think as long as, you know, you come from a place of love and like my mom always said, si haces las cosas con amor, siempre te salen bien. So if you come Mm. from a place of love and you do things with love, like, it, the message will will land a lot better than if you're, you know, coming from a, a judgmental or critical place yeah. or, you know, you're you're angry or frustrated with with the person or with your parent, with your mom. Um, then then the, you know, they're not going to hear the message the way that you want it, them to hear right. it. Um, they're going to receive it in a different way. Right. So, yeah. you know, just I think all of that is just important to like keep in mind and give ourselves grace, you know, like we are different living in a different world um, where like for me, I've told my husband, I don't need you, but I want you. Yeah. I'm choosing to be with you. I don't, I mean, I guess in California, technically I do need the second income. (laughs) I do need you. (laughs) What I'm saying is push come to shove, you know, I can downsize and, and, and live a little bit more of a modest life. And, but, but we're choosing each other, you know, it's not like, you know, in in my mom's uh, generation or even my grandma's generation where it's like, you just stick through, through it, through this awful toxic marriage to the end no matter what you don't get divorced you know and I think it's important to normalize that it's okay if something doesn't work out and you you know you can go your separate ways and 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 leave a situation amicably um and just normalizing that different experiences exist you know all of our truths can exist at the same time yeah and that's okay you know Just giving ourselves and each other grace, knowing we're all on our own, you know, healing path. Some of us are very fully aware and doing the the, the work and others are not there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is. And I, uh, one of the things that I have saw, rec- I see it a lot on Instagram mm-hmm. is like the best thing that you can do or if you want to break, you really want to break a generational cycle is letting your children tell you how you hurt them without you getting triggered or upset at them for having those feelings, you know, yeah. like all of our feelings are valid and they can exist, you know, they can coexist. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm fully prepared for my stepdaughter to share with me anything she wants to. And I'm totally okay with that, you know, and I do want her to feel like yeah. 
and I'll be validating and because it's going to come, you know, we all are human we do what we can, but it'll come one day. And I already know I'm like, I'm going to meet her with curiosity, grace, compassion, and I'm going to apologize. If there was something I did, I'm going to genuinely be like, thank you for bringing that to light. I, I can see that now. And moving forward, I will keep that in mind. So I, I'm prepared. I am preparing myself for when my stepdaughter brings anything to me. Cause I, I feel like that's fair. Like if I can bring it up to my mom, I better be able to take it when it happens to me. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we hope that we just wanted to shed some light, I think, today on mother work, what it might mean for each of us, and how different our stories can be, but they're kind of in the same topic. And our listeners, you know, of all genders are doing their own mother work this year, especially in the month of May when Mother's Day comes up, you know, a lot of that, but it just keeping that duality framework in mind. And I think the best thing our listeners can do and ourselves we're working on is just like knowing that you are not your parent and you can create your own stepping stones going forward. Um, and, and some of that work is forgiveness and some of it is letting go. Um, and some of it is just self-forgiveness. Maybe your parent doesn't know how to forgive or, or do that work of forgiveness. So you have to do it for yourself sometimes, but we're all in this together, all of us. And we want to start this community of, of conversation and, and knowing that you're not alone. And we're, you know, there's a lot of us out there that are doing this work. Yeah. And I just want to send love to all of our listeners and all of the people that follow us out there. You know, if you have a complex relationship with your mother mm-hmm. or um, a difficult one, or she's like mine, she's not around anymore. Um, or if she was never around, like it's just, there's just so many different levels of motherhood and how we view that um, with with our own mothers and, and within ourselves. So sending you all love and knowing that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can be a difficult day, but it's also okay for you to find some joy in it. Like if you're a mother yourself, um, you know, it's okay to, to do something for yourself that, and even if it means leaving the kids at home, because <laughs> that's what ideal mother's day yes. <laughs> looks like for me. I go to a hotel and stay there all by myself so I can sleep for 11 I hours straight. <laughs> do it. But, you know, it's, it's okay. And, um, we want to hold space for all of you and thank you for continuing to tune in and listen to us. And, you know, I hope that our, um, our conversations and our topics are resonating with you and thank you for continuing to support us. Yes. You couldn't have said it better last So let us know, you know, DM us. What are your experiences with your mother work? What are you doing? This is not the end of the conversation. I'm sure we're going to find our way back to this a few more times. So, But thank you so much for tuning in. This was season three, episode two. We're talking about mother work and we're not done with the conversation. So let us know what your mother work looks like.